You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, my Utah friends and family. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Utes podcast for making it your first listen every day because we are free and available on all platforms. If there is a platform out there that you have that we're not available on, you let me know and I will try and get us on there. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is NetSuite. Thank you to NetSuite for making Locked On Nudes a very, uh, well, I was going to say profitable, but it's not really profitable, but a very uh, productively <coughs> growing business. Uh, the snort laugh on the other side of that is... Uh, a first-timer here on the Locked on Utes podcast, but I promised that I wanted to do more Fan Friday episodes, so we're going to have a fan, but also a kind of a newly christened member of uh, the, the fan media or fanfluencers, as Jeff Hansen likes to call it, but a, a well-known figure here on the podcast. He is the founder of the Utah Social Open, co-host on the Social Hall podcast, contributor at UteZone.com, and all-around Twitter favorite It is Andrew McCullough. Sir, Andrew, how Ryan, are you? I'm doing fantastic. Now that I'm hanging out with you, this is the second time this week, second evening this week, I get to spend time with you. So I'm doing amazing. That's an epic tease because we did record an episode. Was it Tuesday night? Things are things are Tuesday things, night. It blends. It's <laughs> sometime where it was snowing. Uh, I don't know how this episode is going to turn out because it went long. I was driving for part of it uh, in that massive snowstorm. I probably shouldn't be confessing these kinds of things to a mi- uh, microphone. I, nothing illegal, but it's just not a great idea to be driving in a uh, blizzard uh, while trying to talk through uh, headphones. But I'll be curious to see how it turns out. Social Hall Podcast, you can find it all around the uh, the, the webosphere. Um, there with Andrew and Christian Judd co-hosts and a special guest who really um i don't like losing but i can concede the fact that she handily put us all to shame oh yeah clearly clearly so you'll have to tune in to find out all, all about that uh christmas tree judging and and all sorts of breakdowns uh, i actually compared uh the social hall team to a recruiting team for the University of Utah. So we'll see how that turns out. I feel like it could be bad. Maybe Christian just cuts it all. I don't know. But as part of our Fan Friday thing, our, our theme, I like to do kind of a getting to know Ute is what I'm calling it now. Uh, made that up a little bit earlier where we talk a little bit about fandom, how you came to be, some of your favorite things. So, Andrew, where did where did your Utah fandom really either take hold or, or plan down its roots? Yeah, so let me just start off by saying first time, long time. Um, I can't I'm, believe I'm, it's the first I'm, time. Yeah, it's you know it's special, it's special when it's the first time, and I'm glad it's with you. So, um, but yeah, you know, um, I was born and raised um, in a Ute household, uh, for lack of a better term. My my dad um, did uh, both his undergrad and uh, law school at the University of Utah. 
um, as did all of his siblings. They just grew up uh, a stone's throw from the university up there. Um, right just above Foothill. Foot yeah, yeah, just right above Foothill. Um, they're both uh, is that uh, Olympus that they went to? Is it Highland? Highland. They're Highland. Yeah, they both went to Highland, uh, mom and dad. Um, but uh, mom actually is a cougar, and I mean of the BYU variety. Uh, nice. Hit. So, but yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely just of the BYU variety there. Uh, but um, we grew up going to the basketball games. So my dad and his siblings all had season tickets right next to each other. I went to uh, just about every Utah basketball game um, throughout the nineties, grew up with, you know, big Rick and his foul mouth, um, you know, just, just being the sounds of pretty much every Thursday and Saturday uh, ESPN, big Monday. If you recall, that was the 10 o'clock games on Monday nights. Um, and, and, and it was really Utah basketball is where my fandom started. Um, a lot of people won't know this name, but Jack Gardner, he, uh, very memorable coach of the university of Utah basketball team way back in the day. Um, my dad, he was one of my dad's clients. And so, you know, we ended up, uh, with some of Jack's seats. We were on the first row, uh, right kind of behind the Utah bench. So just, uh, you know, growing up with the, next to the, next to the program and then, on my mom's side, uh, you know, my cousins, my uncle, um, called my favorite uncle, Uncle Rod, his, uh, his nephews were uh, Britton and Jeff Johnson. And, and so, you know, there's kind of that connection through, uh, through my, my uncle's nephews, my, I guess, what is that? Your second cousins, I think. Anyways. Once removed, something like that. I, yeah, it's one of not those a, two. Not a very good genealogist over here. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure it's second cousins. Uh, but neither here nor there. Um, we grew up really with the Utah, the basketball. My dad was big on, uh, on Utah basketball. Um, my, my grandfather, uh, he grew up in Tennessee, uh, but he moved out here, uh, you know, in the fifties, sixties, uh, somewhere there. And he became a big university of Utah, um, football fan. So he and my brother always, they went to the games when I was, you know, I think I was like six or seven. Uh, my grandfather had a heart attack, probably because of a Utah football game, I imagine. But uh, so I, uh, he had to stay home that season. So I got to go. Um, and I remember, I want to say it was 97 because I think it was uh, Stevon Smith um, was returning kicks, uh, kind of just all around specialist, Steve Smith there. Uh, and I kind of just fell in love with, with football. I hadn't been really exposed to football much because my, my parents weren't, weren't super huge into it. Um, but I was probably about seven or seven or eight at the time. Uh, and that's when my, my fandom of Utah football really kicked off, got into it really big there uh, in the early 2000s. And then, of course, you know, we, we had the, the Urban Meyer um, years, and that just really just blew up Utah uh, football. And, and somewhere along the way, I transitioned uh, from a Utah basketball uh, fan, first and foremost, to a Utah football fan. So that's kind of the, the gist of, of why – uh, how I became a fan. Of course, I went to the University of Utah uh, for my undergraduate degree and uh, absolutely loved my time up there. Uh, spent several fabulous years in the must. I almost got in a fight probably every week, uh, seemingly up there, but uh, great times and, and uh, died in the wool ute. Uh, unfortunately, my son is a contrarian and uh, tells me he's a BYU fan now. So uh, not sure how that happened, but uh, 
uh, we'll kick him out when the, when the time comes. Yeah, he'll learn to listen real quick when he has to start paying his own bills. Uh, unfortunately, what, five, four, five? Is that how old he is? Yeah, he's five. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it already. Yeah, yeah well, you we, turned five in October, yeah. We had a good time, time the other weekend coming back from the uh, Pac-12 championship game. He uh, He puts on a show, man, I tell you what. So if uh, you know if he ever oh, does yeah. get kicked out of the He's house, an entertainer. he is. If he ever does get kicked out of the house and he ends up in Hollywood, I think he has a good chance of uh, of making it out there as good as anybody. Um, do you have a favorite Utah memory? Oh man, um, honestly, I think I'm going to go. I have to go with the. Uh, I want to say it was the '97 whack basketball tournament and for those of you that uh don't remember the heydays of utah basketball it's just it's really unfortunate um i i do hope that we get back to a point like this but but it was just non-stop every year utah was making a run in the ncaa tournament but this was specifically the WAC tournament we were down in the thomas and mac center in vegas um and utah had yeah i think it was the semifinals actually uh, pretty much like just dead to rights. But anyways, I can't even remember how much time was on the clock. Brian, I don't remember this, but, uh, you know, Van Horn, there's like a shot. He grabs it, turns around, throws it back up, you know, through the lane. And it goes in as time expires. Everybody goes crazy. Of course, this was not for the title. This was for the, the, the semifinal. This was just to get to the title game. Um, and, and then they do it the, almost the exact same thing the next night to win the WAC championship in 97. And I think that uh, we, we went down there to Vegas. Um, and I think that was probably honestly, at least my first, my most uh, sentimental you moment. There's been so many great ones since uh, so many great football ones, but the, the hardcore youths will remember the iconic scene of watching uh, big Rick Majerus uh, rest in peace, buddy. Uh, he was, he jumped, he actually jumped Um and he got probably a full two, uh, maybe two and a half inches off of the court. Um, just an impressive vertical, but, but it's just a, it, it just, it's a, t- it's a bygone era. Uh, and it was, it was just, that's a fantastic tournament all around the 97 whack tournament. Yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah. That semifinal game where Van Horn had, so I thought it was 0. 0.7. I just looked it up. It was 0. 0.3. He had a terrible game throughout it. And yep. for him to like, Spin into the paint, get one hand on the ball, flip it up, and and to score so that Utah could win. They went on to do another to hit another buzzer beater against UNLV. Uh, that '97 team was was exciting for sure. '98 obviously followed it up with a big bang too. Um, do you have a favorite player, both all time and from this year's football team? Uh, we are we talking football, basketball, all around. I'll let you go from whatever you want. Oh, you know, it is very, very hard for me um, to go with somebody other than, than Andre Miller. Um, just a kid that, uh, you know, he was a, uh, what was it? Prop 54. Is that what it was back in the day? Like basically a, almost like an academic non-qualifier, but uh, was able to get in um, and just, he just worked his tail off. I mean, literally, the kid obviously was very talented, um, but worked and worked and worked um, to become really, I mean, 
uh, I know he was never, you know, top flight NBA player, but you know, talk about staying power. The guy had like what a 17 year NBA career. Um, just, just a really easy guy to cheer for. Um, loved, loved that. Uh, loved that guy in the nineties. Um, uh, flying Brian Wilson. That's, that's, that's even a little bit before my time. Loved him. Um, but for this year's football team, um, it's, it's very cliche. Um, but I have to go with, with Britton Covey. Um, and, and that's a couple reasons. First is, um, the guy is just so damn likable. He is a great guy. And you know what? I'm going to share a story. If you don't mind, um, a lot of you guys remember in the spring uh, open last year, Britton Covey came out and played with us. What most people don't know is that Britton had agreed to come and play with us prior to when we had to change the date um, because we switched courses. And, um, and unfortunately uh, the new date um, kind of conflicted with a family vacation he was taking um, with his, his wife, uh, his new, new wife to Hawaii. Um, and I think it was the game or the, the open was, was on a Friday and he was supposed to come home Saturday. Um, I did not know that, uh, nor did he, he even tell me that. Um, but Britain literally changed his, his flight and his schedule left his wife and his family, uh, in Hawaii, took a red eye flight home, um, got in at like seven in the morning flew up like just driving obviously, but like flying up Parley's Canyon and over to the course, he got pulled over uh, on the way to the course because he was, you know, maybe exceeding the speed limit, just a hair. Uh, fortunately, uh, the cop let him off with a warning because um, he said he was going to a golf tournament. Uh, but he told me when I found this out, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like you could have just told me, I mean, we would be totally, totally understood. And he said, I'm going to probably butcher the quote, but I mean, he more or less uh, told me, he said, no, I gave you my word and committed. And uh, that means something. And I was just blown away. Like this is, this is what a 20, I mean, I know we like to say you joke and say 65, but it's like a 24 year old kid, maybe 25 year old kid. And that's a, that's a sacrifice to come to just, some random internet, you know, Twitter golf tournament, um, sacrifice a day in Hawaii with your, with your lovely wife and fly through the night. I, I mean, just, it just spoke volumes to the character, um, of who he is. And, and then we, of course, golf with him, had a blast. He's an, he's an amazing individual. Um, I'm, I've now, and I guess I can, I can officially announce this now, um, as the dirt, the ink is dried. Um, uh, officially doing some business with, with Britain Covey doing an NIL. I am officially, um, at least for, for the next six months, the official estate planning attorney, uh, of Britain Covey. Um, you'll, you'll start hearing my, my radio commercials with, uh, Britain himself. And so not only, uh, did I have an amazing, uh, experience with him personally, also doing a little bit of business with him, uh, but just hard not to choose Britain Covey off this year's team. Sorry, that was really long winded. That was a lot, uh, man. Um, I don't. Well, I do know where to start. Um, first off, I think 
everything that you just talked about is is the core of Britton Covey, and I think he's a big reason why Utah is where they're at in the Rose Bowl. I think he's a big reason why they won the Pac-12 championship. If you talk to every player up there, every one of them has a Britton Covey moment. You know, I, it was so funny. I think uh, Nate Ritchie, you know, uh, just absolutely latched on to Britton when he was up there, or maybe it was the other way around. Hard to say. Uh, but, you know, on the Utes on boards, people were chattering like, oh, Nate Ritchie, what if he comes back and goes to BYU? Like, I don't think Britton Covey's going to allow that, number one. Number two, uh, it's wild because that was an 18-year-old kid, and as we mentioned, Britton was quite a bit older. But Tavion Thomas, Britton Covey story. Anybody who comes across his path in, every, in, in any level – in any, you know, environment has a story, not not maybe to the depth of yours, but of his goodness. And I think uh, he's a unique individual. There, there are people in this world that are just different, and he's one of them. Uh, also, that's very exciting that you are now the official uh, uh, will and trust attorney for uh, of, of Britton Covey, um, or however, so I, I butchered that phrase. but um, No, that's good. Yeah, wills and trust, and... We, 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 uh, official for, uh, for, for the next six months, at least. Uh, he is an explosive player, but even more of an explosive person of, of explosion of positivity. And, uh, I, I can't think of a better person to represent you because you spread a lot of that same kind of positivity out there. Um, we're going to actually talk some Utah athletic stuff because I, I think the memory lane, situation could get real dangerous for both of us uh there would be tears both happy and sad by the end of it before we get too far down on on talking actual current events and whatnot uh andrew you're a big golfer so i want you to picture to yourself this is it the putt to win the tournament if you sink it the championship is yours but on your back suite your hat falls over your eyes is this how you're running your business I, I'm afraid to say yes, but yes. I think to a degree, we all have poor visibility because we're still relying on whatever outdated uh, system it is to run our businesses to see the full picture. You're going to want to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash NCAA. Back here on the Locked On Utes podcast, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Because we are free and available on all platforms, it is easy to find us wherever your first stop is on your podcast tour. Hanging out today with a good friend of mine, a little Fan Friday action, but also kind of some, you know, a, a new guest option here on the Locked on Utes podcast with Andrew McCullough. Talked earlier about his Utah background, some memories, some really, really great ones hit there. The uh, The Mountain West Conference tournament from 97 was, uh, that's an epic one for sure. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about some actual football news as the Pac-12 announced their schedule for 2022 and Utah's is I think it's good I don't know that like I'm not really a scheduling expert like maybe Cam Beck or or some of the other folks out there but 
let's kind of run through this one a little bit and, and kind of talk maybe starting at the Pac-12 championship game a few weeks ago and, and walk us through. So you're playing at Allegiant Stadium against Oregon on a Friday night in one of the highest nationally televised games on TV. The next game on your schedule is now a New Year's Day game at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, another guaranteed to be a very highly rated game. And then you open up the season on the road at at the Swamp, the one of the more legendary uh, environments in college football, playing the Florida Gators. Uh, what? Yeah, I think with – uh, indubitably, that is the most impressive three-game stretch in Utah football history. No arguments. Number 10, Oregon, for a Pac-12 title in Vegas. Number six, Ohio State, the Ohio State, in the Rose Bowl. Not just in the stadium, the Rose Bowl, but in the granddaddy of them all, Rose Bowl. The actual and then, game the actual game and then opening the season, which uh, out of conference games kind of have almost like a little preseason ish feel. However, that opening weekend of college football is um, it's like, it's like the spring where we're coming in. It's a, it's a rebirth, this almost a spiritual aspect to it. That's the opening season of the opening weekend of college football. And to be in the cathedral that is the swamp um, playing Florida in what will be their uh, new head coach, Billy Napier's uh, debut as the head coach of Florida. uh, Just what, like you said, like insanely good stretch of football. We're right in the midst of that. Um, You and I will both, uh, I'm assuming we'll, we'll both be able to attend all three of those games. And I think had you told us in the late nineties, early two thousands that Utah would play such a stretch, um, we would have literally, uh, probably died of a heart attack on the spot. Something would have gotten me either the heart attack or the aneurysm from trying to figure out what, you know, what future role this person came from but it is a really incredible stretch of games i think the other thing that's really kind of familiar to me is that there's a a little tinge of 2003 to this schedule where a kind of upstart uh somewhat rolling utah team will roll into a college football cathedral in 2003 they opened the season i believe on the road at texas a&m that was the mm-hmm. infamous Brett Elliott game where he breaks his wrist alex smith takes over utah ended up losing that game but it kind of triggered uh, a change in momentum and a movement for Utah football that continues even today. Utah's going to be coming off of whatever momentum they gather in the Rose Bowl. I don't think, to me, look, you want to win that game no matter what. But just getting there, considering everything that Utah's been through this season, is incredible. So soak up every moment and enjoy it regardless. Uh, that being said, you kind of just you kind of get this feeling that it can't end on a loss, right? And so assuming that Utah does actually win that game, which that's a huge assumption, number one. Number two, that's a massive tax, uh, task because Ohio State is an excellent, talented football team, and it's not going to be easy. Then you roll into this Florida situation. You, you're going to be the first game under a new head coach, Billy Napier. Florida's going to be interesting to new players. You're going to have an opportunity to win that game as well. This is an incredible come up for Utah football, and, and I have to give credit to Mark Harlan for, for having the foresight to put this game on the schedule. I don't know how he got it done, but he did. 
it could be, you know, one of those turning point eras for Utah football. The other thing is that it could also be absolutely incredibly dangerous uh, if you win Ohio or lose to Ohio State and then lose to Florida uh, for a team that's that's still young but also, you know, very talented and very good. Uh, you would have to think they bounce back. The next game on the schedule is Southern Utah, so that's you know that's a very capable uh, opponent in terms of being able to bounce back. After that, it's a revenge game. Uh, so two games at home in Rice Eccles Rice Stadium as they play Southern Utah and then San Diego State on the 17th. And then you'll go on the road to play Arizona State. First Pac-12 game on the road at Arizona State. Thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's kind of turned into a little bit of a mini rivalry. Um, uh, Utah, Arizona State, uh, there's been talks of it being called the Unholy War and uh, things of, along that lines. Uh, we do know that, uh, uh, stick boy five, um, AKA Jaden Daniels is, is, is slotted to come back to Arizona state. Um, you know, he doesn't, he does not really love playing the university of Utah. I don't think it's, uh, it's on he's, he's not had, yeah, he, he, yeah, he himself, uh, said that. Um, so not, not talking shit, but just, just repeating, um, what he himself has said, but that's a huge game because, uh, those are two of the, you know, the, the, the teams with, an, with enough talent and to, to really win the South right off the bat. Then you, of course, you get Oregon State, which I think, you know, again, kind of like that San Diego State is a revenge game. Um, of course, this one's going to be in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, we'll see, you know, kind of how Utah bounces back. But I imagine that Utah have that one circled a little bit. To a degree, for sure. I think they want to prove that last year was a misnomer and that this was a better football team. We kind of heard Theo Howard talk about that with Cam Rising. Uh, I think it's interesting that the conference puts them on the road at Arizona State to start with. It's almost like they want the intrigue to start early on. It's going to be very hot down there. It's a TBA in terms of time. You have to wonder if maybe they're going to try and put it uh, in the afternoon. I think there should just be a, a law or a rule across college football that no games can be played in Arizona before 8 p.m. I'm hoping for a late kick for that one simply for that. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there actually is a conference rule that says Games in September in Tempe and Tucson cannot start before 6 p.m. or 8 p.m.? It's something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And it's, look, as someone who's played a game in Yuma, Arizona, which might actually be hotter at 7 p.m. in the middle of September, football shouldn't be played at all during that that point in time. But, uh, look, they're they're a little bit more equipped for it, and Utah's going to have a three-game stretch to at least get in shape. Uh, we'll see what uh, climate change and all that stuff has to say about it. Maybe it'll be snowing in an Arizona State by then. Who knows? Uh, the next stretch of games kind of interesting. This is so two things as I'm looking at the schedule. You're going to go in at Arizona State, then back home at Rice Eccles to play Oregon State. That's going to be a much better, uh, well, a continually improving Oregon State team, yep. and, and more revenge. So, like, I think you're kind of sandwiching some some good emotional games versus uh, a challenge with Arizona State on the road. And then you're back on the road again to go after you play Arizona State, or excuse me, Oregon State. Reset that. After you play Oregon State, you go back on the road to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. Uh, UCLA is going to have some dudes that picked up a a transfer quarterback, uh, the kid from UCF who's really good. He can sling it. Uh, That's dangerous. With Chip Kelly with a guy who can sling, he'll have uh, DTR as well. We'll see what happens with all that. 
And then you're coming back home on the 15th of October after that one to play USC. So that's a pretty rough stretch of games for your first four because, like you mentioned, ASU, uh, very much a rivalry game at this point in time. Oregon State, improved team. UCLA is is becoming a better football team and a better program. And then you're going to have to play USC and, and Lincoln Ken, or Lincoln Riley, and that gives Lincoln some time to get his thing up and rolling down there. Then you hit mm-hmm. a, a bye week. Uh, it's a very front-loaded schedule. You're going to have five uh, Power 5 games um, against high-quality opponents, especially four of those, Florida, Arizona State, UCLA, USC – all recruit at or much higher levels than Utah star wise. So very front loaded, but do you want to take, you want a hot take right here, Brian? I love them. Saturday, October 22nd will be the bye week So that's right after we play that USC game. The South division will be wrapped. Utah will be seven and O four and O in conference. Utah fans will be relaxing on Saturday, October 22nd, watching everyone else beat on each other as we are 7-0, 4-0 in Pac-12 play with the South essentially locked um, on that date. Mark my words, take it down, take it to the bank, 7-0 going into the bye. Okay, so just so you know, uh, for that week, Stanford will play Arizona State, Washington's playing Cal, Oregon State's going to have a rematch against Colorado. UCLA will, will be playing Oregon. Uh, uh, SC on a bye, Utah on a bye, uh, Washington State on a bye, and Arizona on a bye. So potentially there's a lot of action that week that that does have a lot to do with Utah, meaning Stanford, ASU, always a battle. Um, Colorado having to go play Oregon State, uh, that's a problem. And obviously UCLA playing Oregon. So there is a lot of action that could happen that weekend in the Pac-12. I Let me ask you this. If I were to tell you that the conference set this up so that if Utah really is as good a program as, as we all think it is, and Utah is as, as talented and, and prepared to make the college football playoff, did the conference set them up purposefully so that by this point in the season, they could make a run for the college football playoff? So here's what I'll say to that. Um, had this been Larry Scott I, and we had the same schedule, I would say no, because I don't think they were capable of that sort of competency. Under Kliakov, I think that there's a very good uh, possibility that yes, because just like you said, if Utah is 7-0 and like I predict, even if they're 6-1, and coming off that bye week, you go at Washington State, home against Arizona, home against Stanford. Three games that Utah not only should win, but in my estimation should win going away, which leads you into a late Saturday, November 19th, late season matchup at Oregon, who, you know, who knows what Oregon is going to be looking like, but we know that roster will be stacked. Uh, but that's, that's a week, I, I, that second to last week of the season, feels to me uh, very much like a weekend that really sets up that college football playoff. So if, if Utah is 7-0 or even a 6-1 and going into the break, I predict they'll pick up those three off the bye. You know, 10-0, and 9-1, going into a matchup at Austin. You win that game, and then, of course, you have Colorado sandwiched in there between. 
But in my estimation, if Utah is able to beat Oregon there, uh, they're going to be a, they're going to be an 11 and one 12 and 0 team. Um, and essentially, uh, playing, playing a, a one game plan into the college football playoff. I think Utah is capable of that. I think what you just said with the conference setting it up, um, I think there's a very good, very good argument to be, uh, made that. Yes. Uh, the one thing I would say, the one caveat I would make with that is that, uh, I find it very convenient that again, USC for the what sixth time has somehow managed again, just of purely coincidentally managed to not end up in playing in Rice Eccles stadium in November, just kind of throwing that one caveat out there. Um, maybe they're setting it up for Utah, but they're certainly protecting the brand in USC when it comes to playing Utah, in my opinion. That weekend is a fascinating weekend in the conference because UCLA will be taking on USC the same weekend that Utah plays Oregon. Cal will be taking on Stanford. Arizona State will be playing Oregon State. Washington playing Colorado. And uh, Arizona playing Washington State. So a, a good mixture of crossovers, but also serious rivalry games and important matches uh, between conference opponents. So so that'll be a fascinating weekend, and that's the second to third to last weekend of the year. So it, it, there does appear to be maybe some – sorry, second to last weekend of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, there does appear to be maybe something to the idea that that's a, uh, <laughs> a setup from the conference. I'm going to read you the, the last – the, the very last week of the season, it's it's Arizona versus Arizona State rivalry game. You're gonna have Cal playing UCLA, uh, obviously Colorado Utah in the biggest rivalry game of them all. Uh, Oregon Rumble Oregon State. in the Rockies. Rumble in the Rockies. Oh. Uh, the Civil War. Yeah. The, the, the game formerly known as the Civil War. Yeah, the game without a name that deserves one. Um, Stanford will be playing uh, the team down south. Uh, SC will be playing Notre Dame. Uh, Washington playing Washington State. There's definitely going to be a revenge tour on for that one. We'll see what happens. There's and, and there's also, you know, new coaches, right? Justin Dickert no longer being the interim versus Kalen DeBoer. So there's a lot of intrigue going on with that schedule, a lot of interesting aspects to it. Um, I think overall Utah got a decent run in the schedule. Uh, I think it's set up well for them. As long as they can weather that first four games in October, uh, they could be smelling roses again come uh, come December. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Utah's still got a lot of work ahead of them. But uh, if they're able to repeat as conference champions, uh, it's going to be a really fascinating next setup uh, run for the University of Utah here. Uh, we're going to call timeout, regroup, try and figure out uh, all these conspiracies going on with, with football schedules. Usually when we hit the midway point on the Locked On Utes podcast, we like to take a breath, relax a little bit, and refuel. The only way to do that here on the Locked On Podcast Network is with a built Bar. If you haven't tried one by now, I don't know what you're waiting on. Maybe a personal invitation from me. Maybe we need to go sit on the bench somewhere, try one together, talk it out, explain to you why it's so good to eat a built Bar. Not just the flavors. There's nine of them. Nine different flavors, all sorts of varieties, anything from coconut almond to mint brownie to cherry barcia. There's also new flavors all the time. There's the puff bars that I so enjoy, like eating a chocolate-coated marshmallow. But the real thing is with a built Bar, you're getting nutritious whey protein in that. Under 140 calories for most bars, up to 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar or less, 
real chocolate in every bite. There are so many different flavors that come out all the time. Currently, vanilla cream on the website. Uh, there's a couple different puffs varieties on there. You can go to built.com every single week, and they have new flavors all the time. Protein balls, uh, fruity cereal, the secret flavor. Um, kind of tastes a little bit like a Fruit Loop. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your purchase on anything on the site. Again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use that promo code at built.com. It's the best promo code on the internet, bar none. And go get yourself some of the best tasting protein bars on the planet at built.com. Utah fans, we know that you like it when your team gets it done. And that's why today I wanted to talk to you about Intercap because Intercap gets deals done. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs. It is the quick and simple process that Intercap uses to close loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And though fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. And that is what Locked On Utes personal loan officer Steve Carter has delivered to hundreds of Locked On listeners so far, including network founder david Locke, and you know that if steve carter can close a loan for david Locke and do it on time and do it fast and and stress-free that he can do it for anybody intercap is new to the locked on youths podcast but it is not new they've been around assisting customers with all their mortgage needs since 1978 that's over 43 years of experience and steve carter has been providing our Locked On listeners with the best experience since 2018. Intercap is headquartered here in Utah, but licensed to help with all your mortgage needs in 40 different states. Give Steve a call. His direct number is 385-800-8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. Again, that number is 385-800-8528. Give Steve Carter a call. Tell him that you heard about him on Locked On Utes podcast. Steve Carter with Intercap Lending, that number one last time, 385-800-8528. That's Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Wrapping up a good week here on the Locked on Utes podcast, we've had a lot of fun talking about early signing day ranting and raving about things like Devin Lloyd getting denied his unanimous, uh, deserved and unanimous uh, All-American team because the AFCA doesn't know their things from their you-know-whats. Um, wanted to kind of talk a little bit about, so I, I, there's probably a better way to introduce this, but I'm not the one to start it. I kind of went on a little bit of a rampage uh, on Thursday you know, with some thoughts on Utah fans and this obsession we have with state media. Um, I shouldn't say state media, but the in-state media. And and really what it boils down to is that there's kind of one entity that, that Utah fans just have this, um, I guess, argument, disagreement, maybe, uh, I don't want to say rivalry, it's more like a war with uh, in, in 1280. And, and look, uh, I'm probably biased having worked there. I understand you know, where Utah fans are coming from. I think there are some, some clear, it's like watching home alone, right? Like you've got to suspend some disbelief in, in order to really make it through that movie without thinking to yourself, like there's no way in heck that this could ever happen. Um, I think that there, there is some, some 
relationship to the fact that the the most of the media does kind of cater to BYU fans. Uh, I don't think it's because um, everybody in state wants that to be the case. You know, I think there's a lot that goes on in terms of wanting to provide better Utah coverage. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons behind it in terms of why it doesn't happen. So somebody like me, for example, who wanted to do the radio thing, wanted to get involved, there was never any space for me to get up there. And in middle of my life, there's no way that I can spend the rest of my life working as a part-time producer. And look, my co-host Jake Hatch has been doing that for a long, long time. And he's even starting to get to the point to where it's like you know, trying to branch out, trying to do more podcasts. That's why he started Locked on Utes. Had me join him, you know, so that we could build this a little bit. And it has, and it's grown a lot. People are still upset that he's a quote unquote BYU guy hosting a Locked On Youth podcast, but he's trying to find ways to branch out in this market, build his brand. And there's just not a lot of opportunity. And I think that's the part that frustrates me is that we keep seeing these same people over and over complaining about there's not enough Utah coverage or there's not good Utah coverage coming from a certain entity. And I can relate to that, I can understand it. You know, people are trying different ways. You know, Andrew's somebody who's who's jumped in here and, and really tried to, you know, cultivate a, a kinship with the fans. I think he's done a really good job of that. Now you're starting to write and podcast a little bit more on that avenue. Um, it's just the problem is that the established are just never going to be removed, right? Like like Gordon Monson has been writing columns since, since I was a kid. And uh, until he decides to retire, which, you know, I don't know when that will be. I don't suspect it'll be anytime soon. They'll, they're going to have a real hard time, you know, filling slots with other media members. And it's just, this is a very demanding job. Uh, it's a lot of work. Um, it can be taxing at times. Uh, you know, you have to build yourself on social media. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to dumb my way into a following. And, and I say that earnestly because I think a lot of times I, I share my emotions and get uh, way too personal on there. But people are kind. And, and I've depended on that. You know, I've said it time and time again. Being likable is a benefit, especially in this market. Um, but there are just people that are established at those spots that, you know, in, until they decide to move on, no one's going to change anything because, you know, the the, the true power and uh, control in this state is is not really the people that make the program. It's the people that pay for advertisements and, and they love, you know, the guys who mm-hmm. host those jobs. So, uh, you know. This is me like half apologizing for going on a rant because I don't want to chew out Utah fans. They're frustrated too, and I get it. Um, there's a lot of people that are working to try and do that. We have some incredible people on the beat, Josh Furlong, uh, Josh Newman, et cetera, you know, Steve Bartle, obviously, and, and we're good friends with Steve. We're lucky on that avenue. Um, Bill Riley, uh, you know, and, and I get that people want to have more youths coverage. Uh, the problem is, is it's just never going to be uh, at – at your demand the way you want it to, unless you're searching into different avenues. Radio is just not going to be that way. As somebody who's kind of been, I don't want to say part of the cause, but somebody who's who's really kind of started to see this world and how it's opened up, what kind of thoughts do you have about this, you know, this kind of Utah, anti-Utah slant? And, and, and what is it like, you know, as somebody who really is trying to fight against that and, and bring more Utah coverage uh, to the forefront, like, what are your thoughts on all of this? Yeah. So let me, let me ask you a question before I give you my thoughts. And, um, that is, uh, do you have a, an edit button for, for swear words? <laughs> Everything because, is yes, for sure. Uh, because, um, Utah fans, I think I, I, you say I have to apologize. Don't apologize. Uh, Utah fans, if you want better media coverage, 
support the outlets with the coverage that you like. Get off your ass, subscribe to Uzone. It's, it's 10 bucks a month. If you can't afford the 10 bucks a month, call me up. I'll see what I can do. Uh, but the reality is start subscribing to the type of media that you want and the powers that be will follow. Okay. So if you want to change this, bitching on Twitter is not going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Support the individuals that are giving you the content that you like. You can do that a couple of ways. One paywalls, subscribe to Zone. subscribe to the trip. If you like Josh Newman's coverage, which frankly, Josh Newman, when he came to the, and I know he's a big fan of the pod, so he'll be listening, but, uh, when he came to the, the, the market, I think a lot of Utah fans, myself included, were a little off put by him because he was almost, it almost felt like, Hey, is he talking shit on us? No. Um, and no, he was just giving it to us straight. Yeah. Uh, we were just so used to a lot of the powers that be, as we referenced, um, doing that to, to get a rise out of the Utah fans or to cater to, uh, fans of other teams. Uh, but no, Josh Newman is a fantastic uh, beat writer. I think I think we're extremely lucky in that sense. Uh, Steve Bartle, I cannot say enough good things about him. That's not just because he's a friend. Uh, it's because he is a talent. Um, and what he, he provides in the form of Utah coverage uh, is all but unparalleled in, in the market. I, I think a lot of people, everybody knows who Steve Bartle is if you, if you follow Utah football, um, which is extremely interesting because you know, he, he's here running a, you know, a, a recruiting site, but it, besides Bill Riley, who is literally contracted, uh, you know, with, um, you know, the, the institution in certain ways, the, the University of Utah, Steve Bartle is the, probably the premier media member um, uh, for Utah football right now. And he, he, he took a role that was a recruiting role and he's developed it in, into really, frankly, in my estimation, it's really now the, the real voice of the youth. Sorry, sorry, Billy. Um, but uh, so, so when you have individuals and you have people that you see giving good content, um, producing great uh, content, uh, support them, visit their, the, the advertisers, um, you know, follow them, retweet them, talk about them, talk to them, focus on them, support them. I, I, I don't want to like toot my own horn here, um, but I'm going to, and that's uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, this is back. I barely knew Brian uh, back then. Of course, my, my wife had gone to college with Brian. So we kind of knew a, a little bit that way, but uh, the block cast, uh, you guys, uh, you guys used to post like a little block cast episode behind the paywall um, just for subscribers at, at Ute zone. Uh, and literally like two episodes in, I'm like, this shit's good. This is good. I want more of this. So I, I did what I thought was the best way to get more of that. And I reached out to you guys and I was kind of a fledgling in, in my young career uh, as an attorney, but I, I, I asked you guys, Hey, what, what do you guys need to do more of this? Like, what would it take in terms of sponsorship? Steve called me back. He said, Hey, you know, we're going to need, he gave me a dollar figure. And uh, he said, you know, that'll get us to, you know, about where we want to be as far as getting, you know, studio equipment and airtime and things like that. And I said, great, double that amount. Here's a check. I want more. Um, frankly, um, I don't think it was anything really of my doing, but more of your guys' talent. Um, but certainly that was a way I could help out uh, you guys, help you help me because I wanted more great Utah content. And now you have Brian Brown hosting Locked On Utes, which is uh it's growing so fast that Warren Buffett's jealous of the uh, the, the returns. 
Um, you have Steve Brand, uh, or sorry, Steve Bartle, who's literally blowing up Zone, um, and you have a, no- a number of other individuals running podcasts. You got Jordan Wynn, um, and you know, uh, getting into Winda the Scott podcast. Report. Yeah, the Wynn Scott Report. Uh, you have Social Hall Sports, which is another podcast Brian founded. Um, you know that I personally am a co-host on. You have some avenues out there to to get what I consider good um, to a you know above average Utah content. It is there. But like you said, hey, the the powers that be, the media dollars, that's what's dictating the market. Uh, you don't want to listen to Gordon Monson? Uh, then support the advertisers that are advertising for Ute Zone and locked on Utes. Um, support the advertising because where the dollars are uh, is where your heart will also be. So, um, you know, support the, the local media that you like. And, and frankly, that's going to dictate the coverage. Now, that being said, um, I do think there is a little bit of an inferiority complex, especially among the older fan base, University of Utah fan base, you know, because they, they have been, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've had the pigeon shitting on them for, for, for several decades and, and they're sick of it. And uh, so I understand their frustration, but guess what? There's a lot you can do uh, do about that. Uh, a couple hundred bucks in advertising on uh, a podcast with a great talent like like Brian, you know, goes a long way. Throwing a thousand bucks at Steve in the blog broadcast that goes a long way. If you like this content, s- subscribe, read the articles at Ute Zone, interact with them on Twitter, retweet, comment, um, and and you literally you can make a difference. Little dollars uh, here and there add up in the aggregate to reach. Uh, to to make a big difference. So that's what I would say. I'd also hit on this point, uh, two things. One, I, I think, and, and I, I, I get afraid that we may be preaching to the choir a little bit because the Locked on Youth uh, followers are amazing and, and we have great interactions and everything like that. I think part of it is, is you know, spreading the word about stuff, right? And, you know, you mentioned other podcasts. I want to mention the Utah Man podcast. They do a great job during the in-season. Cam and Cam and his crew uh, do a wonderful job. We used to do Utes on radio, trying to find people to bring it back. It's just hard. They get, they're get you know, competing agreements and everything like that. And time is just the other big part of it. Um, you know, there's the Running Hoops podcast. Andrew Crowley does an excellent job with that. He's incredibly passionate, well, well-versed, knowledgeable, all that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing, too, is, like, take a shot on something. You know, like, like if you don't like what you're listening to, go make a podcast. And if you need help, holler at me. I'll I'll set you up, like get you established, whatever it is. Because uh, Dan Sorensen kind of just threw me a bone and said, hey, do you want to write something? And I was like, sure. And people liked it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll come on the radio with you one night. And people liked it. And so it fed my ego. And now, you know, I'm not I'm not big time media here. Like, like I've hung out with Hans Olsen. I know what that looks like, and, and it's a completely different picture. And, and we kind of operate in different spaces because radio and podcasts and, and the new media are very different. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to introduce as many people as I can to, to one another through this podcast because I think, one, people want to do it. Everybody wants a podcast, and it's a rush. You know this. I know this. You get behind the microphone. You spit things out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the hard time for me is I'm just limited by time, right? I've got a full-time job that, that really does demand a lot of my time. Um, it does also allow me, you know, information so that I can stay, you know, with it and, and everything like that. Um, but if, you know, if there are things that we can do to help enable other people to get that out there and do it, I would encourage that as well. Uh, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes reps. Um, but I just think 
the the key overarching point is that the more you try and and, and bug people into doing something, especially in this market, the more they're just going to be like, no, we're not changing. Yeah, and, would- and and that was the biggest problem. You know, 1280 went and hired like four Utah graduates, Utah fans, whatever, as part-time producers to try and up the ante on, on Utah stuff. And it was just like, even after that fact, people were still just yelling at them all the time. And it's just, it's a market or it's a job where, look, like I'm employed to talk about what I want to talk about. And if you're going to yell at me for stuff, I'm just going to stop talking about it. And I think that's a little bit where we're at right now. So um, I hope... That this is coming across well is like, hey, one, we appreciate those people who listen. If you have a problem with it, like let's do something about it and let's enable others, you know, to, to grow their brand and, and take a shot with something because it can be fun and, and we can support one another and, and, and really build a community and show off, you know, what Utah fans are. I, I, I want to say one thing real quick. Utah fans have proven to me how great they are at stepping up and doing things with the NILs, with with the way they've embraced the community, with the way they've stepped forward um, and embraced the Lowe family and the Jordan family with everything that's happened. Uh, this fan base, this community, when it mobilized, is amazing. 50,000 in Vegas. There's going to be 60-some-odd thousand in Pasadena. There, there's a lot of people out there that can make a difference. And so if it's really that big of a concern, you know, complaining is getting us nowhere. Let's let's put some things to action. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. Um, I did a I, – I asked a, a question just a, a few days ago. Is hey, what do you guys want uh, as far, like, as coverage goes for Utah coverage? I got a lot of interesting – responses and to your point one of them was um embracing different media uh like podcasts um you i know you you stream your podcasts now sometimes on your youtube channel things like that i think fan interaction is huge um if you are looking to um you want to be part of you know expanding this you reach out to brian um reach out to uh to steve bartle to dan Swanson. Um, I guess to myself, I, I can pass the message along, um, but reach out. Uh, we, ha- we actually have some, some pretty cool stuff kind of in the works, um, potentially for some, some kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, some more social interactions uh, that surround the University of Utah, the, the student athletes. Um, stay tuned for that. Uh, we're still kind of working through some details, but, but I actually, uh, on, the, on the one positive note, to your, to your point, Utah fans step up. Um, Fieldhouse was a great example of that, but I do see a movement in that direction. Uh, myself, there's uh, of course, a lot of that corresponds with the university of Utah winning football games. Uh, but that being said, you know, there is great support. Obviously your podcast is doing amazing. I think that speaks volumes, not only to you, but also to the Utah fan base. So, so props to you guys, but uh, you know, if you want to change the narrative, your wallet's the best place to start. It is. And if you don't have money, but you have words to say or, or things to be written, uh, we, we can help promote that stuff. I, I would love to, I'm to the point now where I'm not competing with anybody, right? We're all in this together to build Utah and, and, and the brand and everything like that in media. And, and, you know, there are lessons to be learned and it's, it can be a grind at times, but you know, for, for younger people out there who are listening and maybe want to take a chance on something, uh, let me know, you know, I'm more than happy to help out with that. I've got, plenty of words to say about what, what I did wrong and what I did right and how I got to where I'm at and everything like that. Um, we don't have to go traditional routes. Uh, the other thing too, is definitely, you know, if, if you're somebody out there that 
does have the means to support something or has an idea about something, let, let's put it together. You know, uh, this is too great a state, too great a program, and, and the things that they're that are rolling here are are gonna be awesome. And it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't, I hate being preachy because I'm in no position to be preachy. You know, I'm just a random dude who has a decent sounding voice and has watched way too much football in his lifetime, um, and and you know, to this point, probably Utah basketball as well. I think I went to every single game during Larry K's first season. I'm not even lying. Like it, it was great. Cause I'd have an entire role to myself, but it was not good basketball. Um, but it, you know, let's, I, I want to do things to help enable. And, and so I hope this doesn't come across as like me chastising people or anything like that, but it's something that's kind of getting, you know, near and dear to my heart in terms of like, you know, people are trying to bring coverage. Like, so if you're going to judge them based on either, you know, where they work or, or, you know, what school they went to, I don't want to air dirty laundry out here, but there's one person on this podcast personally with a degree from a, uh, a college that is not the university of Utah. I guess there's two technically, but bastard, Um, Um, (laughs) you know, that's the point of it. And so, uh, Hopefully this comes across okay. I never know with these segments where I kind of go out on a limb and, and, and try something out. Um, but the bottom line is this. like We have such an amazing community of people, and I want to make sure that that community stays nourished. Um, because if it continues to be negative and, 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 and snappy and things like that, we're going to push more people out of it. Um, and I don't want to see that happen because, like you said, we've got some really great media members. And, and I appreciate and love Josh Furlong and Josh Newman and, and Trevor Allen and you know everybody in there. Like... Um, and, and I want to see people grow into to more roles and find ways to do it. Now it's it's hard to get paid to do this. I'm evidence of it, but at the same time, you know, I think there are opportunities. Yeah, one more thing before we we cut this segment. And I, I was taught, you know, both you and I, you served in the Ukraine, I served in Paraguay, two polar opposites of the ends of the world. But uh, we we both served uh, Mormon missions. Uh, or LDS, I'm not sure what the proper Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Either, but uh, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, was always a hey, issue a call to action. Uh, so here's my call to action, you everybody. Um, my call to action is: Hey, it's the Christmas season. You're going to see a whole lot of friends and family. Grab their cell phones. Subscribe to all the Utah podcasts. I don't even care if they listen to podcasts. Take your grandma's cell phone. Subscribe to all the Utah podcasts. Maybe they'll come on while she's listening. And you do that to four or five, uh, you know, cell phones. Everybody that's listening to us does that. Hey, suddenly uh, we're going to boost Brian's, uh, uh, Brian's podcast. Grandma's going to be listening in the car. She's going to find out how great this coverage is. She's going to abandon her, her P1 preset at 1280 uh, to listen to Brian and the sweet dulcet tones of Brian's voice. So call to action. Subscribe to the podcast yourself. Make sure, you know, four or five other people are. And then just talk about it. Um, talk about how cool Brian Brown is, uh, how amazing Steve Bullet, uh, Steve Bartle's mullet is, um, how crazy this uh, New Jersey guy um, Newman is from, uh, from the, the Trib, and, uh, and, and just talk about it. I think we've covered our bases there. Um, and if people have feedback, like lo- at Locked on Utes, uh, you all know my handle, at Brember SLC, slide in the DMs. Uh, there's always somebody in there saying something to me. Um, I do want to say thank you to everybody who reached out. I, I never like searching for compliments or anything like that, but it was really fascinating to me. The people, cause I still don't really know who all listens to this. Like there's not an ID that pops up every time somebody listens and it's fascinating. You know, I, I've had a couple people that reached out that I had no idea were listeners and I was just really, um, 
I was really pleased that, that we had that kind of reach. And I think there's a lot of avenues to take with this. Anyways, I don't want to belabor the point. Um, but, but it is one of those things that's kind of been on my mind lately. And, and hopefully we can figure out something from this. You know, I think I'm a big believer in group think and, and look, look at what Utah fans have done in terms of, you know, playing bad moon rising during the game, how exciting that was the athletic department listens to this. If we find positive ways to express the demand for it, then it's going to happen one way or another. People are going to fulfill that. That's the beauty of the country we yeah. live in and, and the capitalist market that, that we all, uh, you know, are, are invested in. So no, look no further than hashtag thick boy seven. I mean, a stupid <laughs> hashtag by, by some, some friends of the pod, um, you know, Connor Schoen and Matt Nigber, mm. uh, or Niber, however you, how you say your last name. Um, and that's, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, took over, uh, Kyle Whittingham saying that, uh, you know, the, the athletic department saying it, he's, he's printing shirts and making money off of the, the thing. And so they, they are listening, the powers that are, are listening, but talk about it, um, and spread the good rather than focus on the bad. Mm. Nobody needs to hear 1280s name. They know they dominate the market. Um, Talk about Locked On Utes and how great their coverage was. It makes a difference. And look, I know that not everybody's going to like my style, and that's fine, but let's find somebody else that you do like and, and, and get them rolling out too. So that's why I'm willing to shout out everybody. If there are podcasts out there that, that maybe would like a shout-out, let's do this, um, you know, and, and find some ways to, to, to boost the signal. Uh, on that note, it's been a wild adventure. We've really covered some bases tonight, but that's kind of the typical uh, experience with you and I. Um, where can the folks find you? What do you have coming up, Mr. McCullough? Yeah, so uh, the Twitter handle is at uh, McCullough105. Um, feel free to uh, you know hit me up. Uh, I, I'm known to, to issue some great jokes from time to time, make a complete ass out of myself from time to time. Um, but it's always a good time, whether you're laughing with me or laughing at me, you're still laughing. So uh, hit me up. Um, you know, I don't really uh, do anything that cool, but uh, if if you want to check out our podcast, especially the one this week, uh, Social Hall Sports, um, it's a fantastic episode, very Christmas-centric episode. We have a fantastic guest uh, who, uh, in between Brian Bound and uh, Twitter's favorite cake baker. Um, so check it out this week. It was a fantastic episode. Let us know what you think. And, uh, of course, rate and review uh, this podcast and ours, uh, five stars only. There you have it. Uh, thank you again to Andrew for joining me. It was a fun conversation tonight. Um, again, we'll be back again next week with more content. Uh, it'll be – I got to figure something out because we're going into Christmas time. Um, so I don't know if we want to start game breakdowns already, but we'll, we'll find a way around it. And, hey, listen, if, if people got ideas, that's what we're all about here apparently now today. Uh, thank you again, everybody for tuning in. And, and as always for the support, uh, I mean this sincerely, it, your time is extremely valuable to me because I know how valuable time is to myself. And so for people who are taking their time to listen to us rant and rave and, and talk about football, uh, I, I truly do thank you for that. Uh, and I hope that always gets conveyed over here, uh, through the microphone. Um, on that note, we like you, we love you. Be well, stay well, do well, and we will talk to you again next week because this has been the Locked on Utes podcast for December 17th, 2021.